Welcome to another episode of Idiopod. I'm TJ Stone. I'm Shane Glover. And today we're talking with a good buddy of mine, Brian Williams. Such a great talk. Oh my goodness, bro. Um, we're, we're fresh off of it, and I think you'll hear in the episode, I was just like, once he started getting into kind of the details of his personal life, yeah, it's it's an unreal story. It really is. Yeah, and I think I mentioned it. I when we were done, I said I re- I seriously feel like I've just sat through like a moving inspirational movie. Yeah, it's it, crazy. It's like a movie, and and it's interesting the time that I first kind of met Brian. It was about a month after this twenty three and Me thing mm-hmm. happened when he when we were doing the. Uh, putting a village together, doing the village discovery thing mm-hmm. through, through Journey. And so it was all fresh and new. So I feel like I've been coming to it like in mini-series oh, form. Oh, I bet. It's like every time we meet, there's a new <laughs> chapter. New layer. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, obviously, we get into a little bit of his career stuff and uh, some of the cool stuff he's done. But, man, his personal story just got me. Yeah. Yeah. Got me good. And it's so cool uh, having having this adoption story that that God is is using that even through His His uh, yeah. work and and making film and, yes. and a TV show. That's right. I mean, it's literally like a really good screenplay that honestly could be like funded by Twenty Three and Me and Facebook. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got some money. They can throw it out. Yeah. Oh man! Well, I think you're gonna really enjoy this one. It's it's a fantastic story. Oh yeah! If if you love heartwarming, awesome stories and awesome, just mm-hmm. God things. Yeah, grab a coffee, grab a hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah. We talk a good hour and a half, but it's it's a good one. So good. So as usual, check us out on the all the socials. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, and enjoy our talk with Brian Williams. So Brian, thanks so much for coming coming out to the house. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, sh- you and Shane have just met for the very first That's right. time. But you and I have kind of known each other for the better part of the last year, I would say. Yeah. So you were in our small group that, that we started early in the year. And so got to know you a good bit uh, through that. And it was a really interesting time to get to know you. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. But... But first off, for the audience who, who doesn't know, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what what your journey was like, like growing up and, and where you grew up and how, you know, uh, what what shaped you in your, your formative years? Okay. Uh, well, I grew up in San Fernando Valley, which is um, just uh, north of Los Angeles um, in a town called Chatsworth. Um, which is still um, uh, an area of the city that a lot of people have never been. Um, it's right up against the mountains. It's a hmm. still kind of a horse ranch uh, area, hmm. um, believe it or not, um, just just outside the city. And sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, it's a great place to grow up. It's it's um, near Simi Valley in Northridge, mm-hmm. California, um, Calabasas. That, that that area so kind of um, like an old john ford western movie yeah in fact um spawn ranch um was uh, home to where many of those westerns were 
filmed. No way. Along with where Mar- Marilyn Manson had oh, yeah. his cult, right? Um, oh, you mean Charlie, oh, Char- Charlie Manson. Charles Manson. Yeah. Marilyn Manson's the singer. I said Marilyn Manson. <laughs> he might have his own cult, he, uh, to be fair. Very, I'm sure that he does. Charles Manson. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, just a couple miles from my house, but uh, prone to wildfires. It's a yeah. uh, very interesting part of Los Angeles to have grown up in. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the Quentin Tarantino movie about the whole Manson cult and all the stuff? I have not. Oh. This is the most recent one. Yeah. Um, with, what, uh, what is it called? Oh, Something shoot. about Hollywood. Night in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hollywood. There That's you it. go. Yeah. 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 Side note. <laughs> Worth watching. Okay. I'll put it on my list. Yeah. It's on Netflix yet or? I don't think so. No, probably not. Yeah, it'll probably be in Redbox, Netflix in the next couple months. Well, by the time this releases in like a month, it might be. Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> that's know. probably true. <laughs> so, you, so you grew up with Charles Manson. What else? Um, <laughs> he was my brother. Yeah, huh. he was my brother. Um, I ended up, after graduating high school, um, moving into the city and... Um, I went to Loyola Marymount for um, for college, which was great. It was you know right in, on the bluffs there, um, Playa del Rey, and uh, uh, I was a communication studies major and um, working for the phone company at that time. And um, it was really interesting. I, I had a sort of a very small group of of clients that um, you know I'd help them set up their internet mm-hmm. service or. Um, teach them how to work their cell phones. Um, and and it was mostly people from the industry, you know, guys mm-hmm. making $100 million movies that couldn't right. figure out how to send an email. Um, and uh, after just kind of working there and building some relationships, um, my first opportunity to work in the entertainment business came from one of those uh, those clients. And, no kidding. Yeah. Um, it was... They had just gotten off of. They had made um, iRobot and with Will Smith and Catch oh, nice. Me If You Can. Um, Few people saw those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Spielberg and um, so they uh, they said, "Listen, we're, we're we're making this low budget horror movie." Um, I told them I wanted to go into marketing. I had no real interest in the entertainment business at that time. Mm. But um, they said, "Listen, if you can write a marketing campaign for this movie." Um, and it's good, then we'll we'll pay you for it. Um, what was the movie? It's a movie called The Lodge. Um, it, it never actually got made. Oh. Um, but uh, that I, I wasn't involved with making the movie. Right. Uh, right. I wrote a marketing plan for it that that would have been fantastic. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So it, anyway, um, I thought, well, if I could if I could do this for them, I could do this for other people too. Mm-hmm. And around that time. Um, I had been engaged to work on a, uh, gosh, what was it? I think it was a film. Um, and, um, another gentleman was also hired onto that film to do the product integration. Um, and you know, we, we got to work together for a little while and he said, listen, I'm, I'm starting a new company. We're, we, we're, um, going to be operating out of Lionsgate and, uh, why, don't, why don't you come on board and and work with me and I'll teach you the business and um, so I, that was sort of the beginning of my um, career in entertainment. And That's cool. So you never had to be a PA getting coffee or none of the things like most people have to hustle and do. 
No, I, I, you know, interestingly enough, I was, I didn't, I never really had tremendous uh, um, allure towards the quote unquote set life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, <laughs> uh, I, I did some of that stuff um, as, as a kid and I, I just, uh, it's like long days and um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I just, it, it was never that appealing to me, but mm. uh, the what, idea. What did you do as a kid? Nothing you'd ever know. I mean, I was, you know, an extra. My mom would take me around to different auditions and, you know. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Probably just I mean, happens when you live out there. Yeah. It, it, all, all three of my, all three of us, me and my two sisters, all kind of did the same thing. And, um, I mean, it was a great experience, but, you know, you just a long, long day. Oh, yeah, man. You know, and, yeah. um, and so... Um, and it always seemed like really tense. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just a childhood thing. Yeah, like, uh, is this like we got to make our day. Yeah, we got to make. Our, I don't know. Um, and what I like to do, what I really like to do, is is sort of build something, you know, from from the ground up, and mm. and, and take an idea or a project and and build a team around it, and 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 figure out a path for it, and identify who the audience might be mm. and, um that's what i find that i just i love the most that's cool. um well, you know I'm, there's other things i'm good at um but that's that's kind of what i love gotcha awesome so personally like uh when did you meet your wife and then how did that whole story because i know she's integral to your your personal not not working working life yeah um we're coming up uh, next month on 17 years of marriage, which is congratulations, yeah, congrats. Um, which is pretty crazy because I don't look that old, right? No. Uh, <laughs> but we we actually met in high school. Um, she went to the private Catholic school, and I went to the the public school in Woodland Hills, and we had a mutual friend. And um, you know what what happened is over the period of maybe like a year and a half. Uh, we would run into each other in places. Um, and so, you know, finally I, I said, Hey, we, we should probably spend some time together, you know? <laughs> and, uh, uh, we've been together ever since. I mean, she, um, there's all, all kinds of interesting stories about, um, how, cl how close we, we were and how many times, you know, we had crossed paths. Yeah. In fact, the first time, she came, I used to have long hair, like, down, you know, nice. skater guy. Shoulder, yeah. yeah, skater guy who can't skate, um, perfect or surf, yep. Um, but you know, uh, <laughs> I have the hair. I feel yeah. you. <laughs> so, um, we, uh, the first time that she came over to my house, I had, by that point, cut my hair off, right? But we pull up uh, to the house, and she goes, "Don't tell me this is the house you live in." And I said, "Yeah." How long have you lived here? Well, since I was eight, you know. Um, and she goes, do you have a brother? I said, no. She said, can I just tell you that um, every year, uh, every day on our way to school, we, we would um, drive by this house this, in our carpool, and you would be waiting at the top of your driveway, um, to, obviously to be picked up for school, and she said, I'd see you there every day and say, I'm going to marry that guy one day. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
She did. And then she didn't recognize you because you cut your hair. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She didn't know it was me. Yeah. Uh, That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I feel like she told a story once. uh, Was it something to do with a tree? Uh, This was actually the same day that she came over to my house for the first time. Yeah. Um, we, We did have our sort of magical first kiss in a tree. Yeah. In a tree. In a tree. I yeah. thought it was in a tree. Yeah. Yeah. A big oak tree. They have in Chatsworth, um, where I grew up, it's like these gigantic oak trees that are, you know, a hundred plus years old. That's and so cool. And so anyway, we climbed up it and we were sitting in there and talking. And um when I leaned in for the kiss, it was like just before, you know, the sunset and we both kind of opened our eyes uh a few seconds later and and it was dark. It was like pretty magical that's so cool yeah so to commemorate that you now only exclusively wear shirts featuring trees (laughs) (laughs) you folks can't see that yeah he has a tree on his shirt (laughs) that's so cool it's like a it's like a movie a hollywood movie waiting to happen it's totally a movie yeah (laughs) right there it's like a john cusack 80s movie yeah yeah um it's a good love story for sure so cool and so how old were you then when you actually kind of officially started dating and yeah. Well, okay. Uh, so this is kind of an interesting story. So when she, I was a senior in high school. She was a junior when we started dating, mm-hmm. and then um, I I graduated. And during her senior year, um, her father is an engineer, and he he got a job offer in Silicon Valley, and she didn't want to leave, uh, and I didn't want her to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had actually. Right after graduating high school that summer, I I moved out with my um, best friend from school, and um, and so my my parents said, "Well, you could just live with us, you know, so uh, you know, finish out your senior year." No way. And yeah, and so I didn't live there, but she she moved into my old bedroom. Wow. Yeah, and that is awesome. so unique. <laughs> Yeah, very different. I don't know anyone that has that story. I know, and then I lived in the in the city, um, and you know, um, and then she graduated, and and um, we, we were engaged not that much after that. Mm. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah. So you said she went to a Catholic school growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, was religion really much of your story as a kid? Uh, no, it wasn't. My my. Um, mother uh, is one of 14 kids um, from an Irish Catholic family and um, she's um, was number three and she you know basically you know uh, almost raised a lot raised of the younger kids. ones yeah, yeah. Totally. and, and um, I think as a result of that she was super burnt out her, her mother was a um, Catholic school teacher on top of that and mm. um, I think she just she was really burned out on it. And, mm-hmm. um, by the, by the time, you know, she became an adult and had a family of her own. Um, my dad, uh, grew up Lutheran. My grandmother to the, to this day is, um, uh, at 91 years old, but, um, he, he lost his father when he was 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then, you know, at a, pretty young age got um into the police academy mm. and um you know um had a 
career as an LAPD police officer. And I, you know, any conversations I had growing up, um, about, um, God and, and religion, um, you know, he, he, he couldn't rectify or couldn't answer the question Mm -hmm. of, you know, why, um, bad things happen to good people. Um, how, if there is a God, how could there be just so much evil and violence and hate and, you know, uh, he Who saw can answer those he questions. Saw a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think, certainly didn't have the answers yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, you know, um, then, and he's, he's sort of one of those guys who's just, he's just, you know, super practical. And, um, and, and I think, um, he, you know, just lost his faith along the way. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so, um, he probably saw a lot of hard things. Too, he did. That, There's that no probably question. hated that. Was he also in the service, or he just went straight to police academy? Uh, he was. He thought he was going to be a fireman, but they were um, they were full, and so um, apparent he someone had told him that it was easier to become a fireman if you are already a policeman. So he went into the academy, thought he was going to do that for you know a year or two until the spots opened up, huh. um, but he loved it and stayed. Um, and I, you know. Um, he did. He did everything uh, as as a police officer. He retired actually as a, um, a air support, a sergeant in air support, and flew the helicopters. And, oh uh, no way! Yeah, which is really great. Um, yeah, he had a, cool. a wonderful career, but I do think that it it he just always sort of lived in the in the darker side of of you know um, humanity. Yeah, and, and he didn't bring it home. My mom didn't want him to bring it home, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he just bottled a lot of that up. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I I totally get not bringing it home to the kids or whatever, but then it's like, but there has to be an outlet somewhere, right? Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. And he was was a pretty intense guy. Mm -hmm. I bet. You should see him now as a grandfather. Yeah. He's mush. He's a teddy bear. (laughs) Seriously. Was he ever involved in any of the infamous uh, L.A., like, did he go to L.A. for stuff, or were you guys pretty far removed from that? Like the riots and stuff in the well, early 90s? Well, I mean, like the high-speed chases they always have. And oh, the like the stuff used to be like on Cops and the whole yeah. yeah, Yeah. Well, he was heavily involved in um, the search and arrest for uh, the Night Stalker. Oh, really? Um, he oh, had arrested many um, celebrities uh, yeah, in his I bet. career. I bet. Um, you know, he he was um, a <coughs> an officer, <coughs> a sergeant, Um during the LA riots in 94. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, he ran a crash unit um, at, in Rampart. Rampart, if you remember, um, was pretty infamous um, uh, division of the LAPD where there was all the corruption trials and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, this was the in the aftermath of that, and he ran a um, crash unit, which, which is the gang unit, um, wow. which was really dangerous. Seriously. You know? Um, he rode horseback in Venice Beach. <clears throat> um, Dude, you know, he kind of he kind of did it all. Yeah, yeah wow. for real. Vastly different things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow, he liked the excitement, you yeah. know, and he never he never wanted to advance further in the ranks because he's like, if I go any higher, I'm just going to be a paper pusher. You know, if yeah. it mm-hmm. becomes a political job. Yeah, he wanted to stay he wanted in to, it. He wanted to stay in it, but yeah. that came with. You know um, the other side, mm-hmm. and and I don't, I don't think anybody could be in a career like that for that long and not have some, you know, um, 
trauma mm-hmm. and uh, you know oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if he'd classify it that way but I mean you know things that you see that you don't really know how to yeah. process sure. yeah. yeah so was your dad like a hero to you growing up or was that intensity did that make that relationship kind of difficult both mm-hmm. um, my dad I, I've I've learned so much from him. It, it's it's interesting. He he's one of those guys that he, he kind of lives by his own code, and so you know even even minus um, uh, awareness or acknowledgement of uh, God, uh, he, you know he's the most integrous per- person I know. I mm-hmm. mean, even today, he just has so much integrity. He doesn't. Um, he would never. He doesn't tell lies. He's mm-hmm. just like one of those those people that it's like, you know, you have to do the right thing. And yeah. you know, even as I, it was clear that I was was going on this this faith journey. You know, he always he never looked down on on religious people because he said, you know, like it's a it's a he sees it sort of as a guidebook on how uh-huh. to how to live right. And yeah. he's one of those guys that's like. I that Ten Commandments thing that sounds right. You should just live that way. Yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. So uh, he could he could see the practicality of of more of the black and white thinking. Morality. And, yeah, he's yeah. a he's a moral guy, but yeah. it's not you know anyway. Um, and so I, I I did learn a lot from him as far as that goes. Sure. And um, there's no there's no question about it. Um, I think the part that was challenging, you know, and as an adolescent, um, was you know he was gone a lot because his his hours and 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 my hours you know he was home while i was at school right um and then you know i'd be getting home and he'd be leaving for work to work all night long you know um and so we didn't see each other a lot and and then you know if if i would get into some mischief or Mm -hmm. trouble or whatever it was like then my mom would say hey like you need to talk to him about this so it felt like whenever we talked it was it was you know from he was having to discipline me and yep. and but i didn't i couldn't understand until later um uh why mm-hmm. why that was and mm-hmm. why he was in that position and and you know now being a father and being someone who you know um has to be gone from time to time is it's um i'm aware of that yeah. and and that yeah. there is that sort of you know, it's like the FaceTime he gets, it's like he's trying to correct me instead right. of just yeah. having a relationship. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but by the time I turned 18 and, and moved out, um, he he and I almost immediately from that point um, just find it, would find new ways to, to connect and, and build a relationship because we don't, we don't have that much in common. Yeah. He's a car guy. He likes to work with his hands, you know, a mechanic. Yeah. Um, man's man kind of guy and i don't i don't i don't yeah. like to sweat and yeah right yeah my <laughs> my yeah. fingers are really soft yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. well, that's great that you were able to find those ways uh to connect and 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 have that transition because that's not a lot of people's story a lot of people that's that's the end of that story mm-hmm. but uh, i am super curious since since vanessa your wife grew up uh, with religion being more of a thing, and as y'all got together, how how did that dynamic work? Was she like, well, you need to convert to Catholicism, maybe, so my family will accept you, or, mm. or she was not a Christian when I met her. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I don't know that I knew that. That's interesting. 
yeah and um okay so um her her parents grew up in oklahoma um they moved to california when she was two um and i think they sort of at least her mother you know says that she felt like she just wanted to assimilate and you know you get to california it's like oh okay well no one goes to church you know we'll we'll just like you know have church at home and over Mm -hmm. time you don't have community and of course you know um and so vanessa really it was sort of like a you know a christmas and easter kind of Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. religious experience and as she got into high school you know she's um she's super uh academic and and very um sort of uh attracted to theology and philosophy just naturally and so um i think she started her own journey um like me you know uh on around just just at that young age that coming of age time mm-hmm. and we that led us all kinds of places you know mm-hmm. So where was where was one of the uh, the first stops along along the way to whatever it is that we believe now? <laughs> um, well, uh, actually, I'm going to try to figure out how to uh, condense this. Uh, Vanessa, she she was getting headaches a lot after um, high school, you know, during high school as well, uh, you know, migraine headaches <clears throat> that would just, like, take her out. Yeah. And um, she was on a pretty serious medication for it. Um, it's used to treat epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, stopping the right and left part of her brain from connecting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember asking her, you know, next time you see your doctor, find out like, you know, how long are you going to have to take this? Yeah. And so when she asked him, they said, well, I mean, for the migraines, probably for the rest of your life, you know. And um, I just felt like those side effects were, um, there had to there had to be a better mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So you were noticing a difference in her. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, in, in, in the way that she processed information and, you know, um, and there were other side effects. And so... Um, anyway, I, I kind of went on a search, um, and I found an Ayurvedic doctor in Pasadena, um, which is sort of a, uh, ancient, uh, Eastern mm-hmm. kind of medicine. It's not, it's not, it's like Chinese medicine, but it's, it's Indian, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, so we went there, we met with this guy and, um, he, he basically divides your body type up into three different types and you know um eat this don't eat this and here's some supplements you it's know like a naturopath type yeah. person yeah it's very similar to what my wife goes to now and really he's also an indian guy <laughs> okay there yeah. you go yeah. yeah um and so it was like a pretty intense uh, uh regimen of different things that she had to do but um i'm i'm not kidding it must have been three weeks in, I mean, she was already off that medication and, and she wasn't getting any more headaches and, you know, um, and, and so anyway, I'm a, um, 
I'm one of the, I never like to pay full price for anything. Yeah. yeah. Even, even, though, even though even though even though we were young and didn't have any money, I made her mom buy all the stuff. But on the brochure, it said meditation was one of the things that were was included with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, we didn't uh, we didn't get that. Yeah. yeah. We you know I don't it's a book. What are we you know I don't know. So I called the guy back up. I'm like, hey, we didn't get our meditation. Yeah. It's in the brochure. It comes with the thing. And he says, well call this number and we, we ended up um going to these people's house and um it was just a family in Westchester and um they had kids and we went in and they started telling us how you know we're not our bodies we're we're made of spirit um and um you know that there's there's one supreme god and um you know through um the, the study of scripture and all these things you can you can um, realize that you can realize your identity and and mm. who God is and your relationship with God and I was kind of attracted to me yeah, yeah. Um, so more than what what what's popular now the mindfulness type meditation is is more like from the yeah, Hindu Buddhist type tradition more it's so? actually yeah it it, it is um, it is a a, um, a sect of Hinduism. Mm-hmm. This is actually really interesting. It's it, it's called um, Vaishnava, um, and or or uh, Bhakti Yoga. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. and yeah. so it's um, it is a a monotheistic um, sect of Hinduism. Mm. So there's there are um, there's only one supreme mm-hmm. being. Um, Do they have a name for him? Uh, Vishnu. Oh, that, that is Vishnu. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, I, I mean, most Hindus, I think, um, see Vishnu as as I think that's right. Demigod, but yeah, but um, he's the head guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and a demigod is not God. Um, All right. So. Anyway, um, like Hercules, he was like kind of like yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, we started learning about this stuff, and then um, we we actually learned that that they actually see uh, Lord Brahma as an incarnation, um, or or Jesus Christ is an incarnation of Lord Brahma, and Lord Brahma. Um, is the creator of the universe. And so I remember asking the question, so does that mean that you think that Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe? I said, yeah. So that, that was actually my, my reintroduction of curiosity around <clears throat> Jesus. That's so interesting. That's very interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that, that sect. I, I've heard of the, that type of yoga and that kind of thing, but I didn't realize that that's what they believed. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Very different from classical Hinduism and Buddhism. Very, very different. Um, and that was one of the things that was made clear very early on that, you know, um, it's not, this isn't a personal, an uh, impersonal God. Um, and we're not, we're not all God. We're not, uh, and and when we leave our bodies, we're not going to merge into this Brahma Jyoti, this white light, and be become everything. The oneness, and the then oneness. reincarnate from the oneness. Right. So, so that that wasn't 
the the teaching the teaching is that you know you're worshiping one god we're all we're made from the same uh, uh material spirit as god but it's like a spark on a fire it's not you know uh-huh. we're, we're we're also individual we're separate um and anyway, when, when, I, uh, when I was in high school, I had convinced myself that I was an atheist. And mm-hmm. what, I, what I realized looking back on that now is really it was, it was I was angry with God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, the, I felt like sort of the worst thing I could do is deny him, mm-hmm. you know. What do you think the seed of that anger was? Not getting the answers I wanted. Mm. Um, feeling like everywhere that I turned or looked, it was hypocrisy and mm. um, judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, Specifically was, from the church? Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you know, it just wasn't attractive. Yeah. And I thought, how do you, how am I supposed to love something that's not attractive? Yeah. A, yeah. An old guy on a throne and right. just cursing people, sending him places that sound terrible for a long time. Yeah. Well, I love that conversation because there's, there, whatever side of that you're on, you can't prove there's not a God and you can't prove there is a God. Yeah. And so no matter which side you're on, neither one of us can prove our belief, right? And so yeah. whether you believe there is one or you choose to believe there's not one, you're believing something. You're, you, mm-hmm. you're, you're putting your faith in something. Yeah. Um, and so it used to be like when I would, man, growing up, I grew up so like uh, fundamentalist, traditional, that if I heard someone was an atheist, I was like, oh, no, why? And now I'm like, they're not that different from me. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Like, I get I mean, it. You're not that different from me. <laughs> yeah. You just choose, you know, whatever your parameters are, you you have faith or a belief that, no, I don't think there is one. Yeah. And I have faith that I think there is one. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's not too much to turn from one side to the it's other. Not. either. Yeah. And it's really interesting, um, you know, how how God works, though, because I, I don't think at that point in our lives, Vanessa or I, that we, I don't think we would have ended up at the church if, if, if we hadn't been reintroduced to this person of Christ in a different, in a different light. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That is um, really cool. And, and it just... It it op- it opened us up, I think, to him in a in a way that um, sort of rekindled the things that we always were attracted to about Jesus, but without without all the other things uh-huh. that came along with it. And then we it, it allowed us to like rebuild the foundation of 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 what we knew about him and um, and 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 really how to start a relationship. And so. Um, what ended up happening is we we moved um, back to the San Fernando Valley, and we, you know we're far away from that community, and started to feel like we needed community. Mm. Um, and you know we had learned so much, and uh, didn't feel like, gosh, we wouldn't fit in at a church. You know, that was just like, uh, um, and and we you know we didn't think we were Christians at the time. I mm. mean, that's not. It it felt like maybe the closest thing though. Um, and, and so we, we ended up putting our daughter into a, a Christian elementary school and, and then, you know, one, one day we just sort of said, well, well, why don't we go and see what they're learning? Like what this church is about, 
like yeah and so we showed up on a sunday and <laughs> and i remember us both having that same experience we'd look at each other and we'd go you know i don't i don't see a lot of difference here in in the message you what know, kind of church was this uh presbyterian okay yeah like uh, reformed theology type presbyterian uh, it, pc usa pc usa okay yeah yeah um they're the more liberal sect right yeah, uh, but so. but weren't I mean our our church our local church was not uh, mm-hmm. uh, liberal. In fact, it was you know they were considering leaving um, PCUSA uh, during the during the time that the Book of Order and all that mm-hmm. stuff was being revised, sure. and um, it was a tough tough time for the church, you know, um, for our our local church. But um, we um, we just kept hearing you know, um, about, about this Jesus and singing, singing these songs and, and, and still recognizing that, you know, um, this, that there's more to us as human beings than our flesh, Mm. right. That, um, this idea of soul, um, you know, resonated with us. We, we, we knew that we believed Mm -hmm. that. And, and so that transition really wasn't that, wasn't that monumental, um, you know, in the sense that, that we felt like, um, Jesus is the real difference between, um, between the, between all the religions. And, um, while they all focus on attaining something, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which, which anybody, you know, any Hindu or, or Buddhist would admit is extremely difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't make it, you have to do it again. Right. Um, and that just sort of always felt like a, a slow form of torture. Yeah, um, and, and so this, this idea that, you know, that you could be loved so much, um, uh, by Jesus that, that he would, um, allow you into his kingdom mm. despite whatever mountain, Mm-hmm. of sin you had piled up. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, if you just sincerely accepted him for who he was and what he did um, and and repent, you know, it's, it's um, there's just nothing else like that. Mm. And, yeah. and it was, it was great to be able to kind of go on that walk together with my wife and then at the same time fall into his arms. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So how did that transform the way you looked looked at life and and even your career i mean growing up and and working in the entertainment industry and hollywood and and all of that um i imagine you see a lot of things that butt up against that um yes uh and and you know i'm i'm one of those um always like to challenge authority kind of guys Mm -hmm. and so when i was angry at god and i thought he didn't exist and i wanted to tell everyone and um you know um, write articles in the school newspaper. Don't look them up. You can't find them. I heard <laughs> they're not online. I heard someone talk about this before about yeah. <laughs> how atheists are so adamant about telling people about something that doesn't exist. Like if it doesn't exist, why are you talking? Why about do you it? care yeah. so much? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you talking? There about seems that? to be a lot of care there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. In fact, they're better at proselytizing people than the Christians are. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do that. It, it, it is hard. Yeah. I would imagine so. Um. Anyway, so uh, 
I, I struggled with, with the industry that I was working in a lot. Um, because I, I, I liked so much about the business and so much about what I was doing. Um, it's extremely rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it felt like it was always getting darker, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't at a place in my career where I, I, I had the, uh, um, position to be discerning about what I, what it was that I was working on, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, I would find other ways to kind of lash out uh, through Facebook posts. And, you know, I, I remember doing a, a whole, you know, faith media and culture project and, tried to get involved in, in things like Studio Task Force out of um, Biola, which is awesome. It's just, you know, um, believers in, in, in the industry, you know, hmm. um, coming together and um, trying to have, you know, influence. And um, Were there a lot of them trying to do that guy? Well, there's more than you think. Yeah. <laughs> there's more mm -hmm. than you think in there. I'm sure. Um, but, I, you know, it's still a young faith for me. And, and so you're filled with all that sort of like, you know, um, desire to, to want to just, um, uh, be, um, bold and, um, and I think, you know, in some ways that, that was butting up against my career. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I had to figure out like, you know, what's the comfortable line and, um, and then that's what got me to Nashville. I, I, um, came here for to meet with a client um for a couple of days and then um and then after that um i came back home and i feel like i left something here in nashville i, I, I oh. um it was like i you know i'd been all over the country i never felt the desire to ever leave los angeles but i it, i was at that place where i was just really conflicted i i i, I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to keep doing what, what, what was sort of c commanded of mm -hmm. the role and, and, and not, uh, comp be compromised. Mm. And I wasn't, just wasn't wise enough to, to know how to do yeah, that. Sure. Yeah. And, um, so this idea of, of kind of getting out of town and, um, maybe raising our kids in a place that was a little more, um, conducive to riding bikes and playing outdoors was maybe a good mm. change for us. And, um, you know, I was told it was the buckle of the Bible belt <laughs> and, you know, I just wanted to like absorb and, um, you know, be around a lot of other Christians. And, yeah. um, I just, it was hard to have that, you know, mm -hmm. um, in Los Angeles. And, um, so why Nashville and not like Atlanta or one of the other bigger cities that, you might could have found found that same thing. I guess the only answer to that is that, you know, God put something on my heart mm. that didn't, you know, that had more to do with him than, than the surroundings or the, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, um, Atlanta has a lot more infrastructure for film and television. Mm -hmm. There's no question. Right. Yeah. So does Louisiana. Um, and quite frankly, this has been a, a really tough market to do what I do. Um, and, my wife and I have thought many times, you know, mm. is this silly? Um, but every time we like seriously ask ourselves that question, um, God makes it really clear. Mm. Um, 
you're here because I want you here. Mm. And um, so I, I guess if he's going to be stubborn about it, so will I. <laughs> awesome. <Right. laughs> so, so how long ago uh, was that that you, you kind of piled up the truck and moved away from Beverly instead of to Beverly? Yeah, it was um, February of 2012, so it'll be eight, eight years in February. Wow. Which means I've been in Nashville for a little less than a year. <laughs> Seven years, they said. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so. You made it. You made I made it. Cut. I made it. Yeah. I've been in Nashville for like eight years, I guess. Seven years. Well, I was here for a while and then left and come back. So does it reset? Yeah, it resets. Oh, no. Oh, it does. I don't know. That means I'm not I'm saying it does. I've collectively lived here like 11 years. Okay. You're Nashville. Yeah, Yeah. we'll we'll keep it. You are what you call yourself. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. It's kind of like you are what you eat, which I hope is not true. (laughs) So, So what was some of those early days like? You said it was a difficult transition into, like I'm just thinking in 2012, that was just the bare beginnings, I feel like, of the film industry and starting to kind of mm-hmm. um, develop a thing and just starting to have like some film programs through some of the colleges and stuff and like a budding like independent scene. But then you had the show, I know, Nashville, that started to bring a lot more eyeballs here. No question about it. I think um, single-handedly that show did, did m- more hmm. um, than... Um, almost anything else I can think of. I mean, you'll, you'll hear a lot about, um, the, the earnest movies that were made here. Oh my gosh. Oh, which, was, which earnest movies were made here? I don't know, like all of them, except the one in Africa. For real? <laughs> earnest yeah. goes to camp. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. I did not realize that. Yeah. So I you, grew up with it's everybody's reaction. I mean, they were, come on, who doesn't love an earnest? I worked movie? with a guy, yeah. Dave Ramsey, who, um, his son was in it, in one of those movies. Really? Yeah. And then he was in, um, band of brothers too. Oh, wow. So cool. That's cool. Anyways. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's what people point to, which, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's a great franchise, but um, th- it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and very and, Southern. Very Southern, yeah. But, um, you know, we have just such a, a, a crazy, rich um, uh, natural resources when it comes to talent mm-hmm. um, and and creativity and, and ideas. Um, and you know, um, if it, if it has a melody to it, um, then it gets out, um, in this town. But if it's, if it's visual, if it's, you know, if it's video, it often doesn't, it swirls around, you know, and, um, and never gets where it needs to go. And, and so, um, I, I, I think, you know, that's, that's what I really, you know, um, am, always trying to encourage yeah. it's like it's really about the pipeline and you got to have the other part too you can't just have the creativity and not and not the ability to get product into the market so give me a little insight just from my naivete how does a show like not like nashville kind of open open the the gates i guess so to speak for um the the industry in nashville is it because it was a successful show is it because of the aesthetics on screen like the visual on screen stuff is it hey nashville's a great place um you know government wise and all that to to shoot like what or is it all that i think it probably happened on on several different levels certainly from from the you know series being a billboard kind of perspective Mm -hmm. it 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 
um, probably ha- I know that done studies about it. It's a, you know it has a direct tie to tourism. There's mm-hmm. no question. Um, as far as the industry part of it's concerned, um, you know what happens on a TV show versus a film. I mean, a film these days it's like 30, 45 days is you know about all it's going to mm-hmm. take to shoot a film. Yep. So crews you know move into a city or you know wherever it is and they're there and then they go. Oh, wow. But on a TV show they're here oh, for a long time. And so right. what, what what happened was. The first couple seasons, most most of the the crew, certainly the cast, were were all brought out from L.A. There was very little um, local mm-hmm. um, uh, resources that were used in the beginning, until until everybody kind of got their footing and then knew, you know, how mm-hmm. to how to pull out the the best talent from from the local market. So what happened was, you know, people from L.A. came and lived here for months on it. Yeah, you know, and. Sure. Um, and you know, I, I basically every star in that show bought a house here, right. and, you know, set, set up roots and they're like, this is pretty we great. We love it here. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. not just the stars, but, oh, I actually got to tour Hayden Panettiere's house as she was trying to sell it after that series left. And you pretended like you could buy it? Oh yeah. yeah just yeah. walk in, you know, it was one of those, <laughs> they had a, she wasn't there. It was like a, they had an auction company oh, come uh-huh. in they were trying to sell just random pieces of like art and things mm-hmm. in the house too. It was very weird. But uh, not just because I know I have a number of friends now who who worked on that mm-hmm. in, in a variety of different ways. Like I had had a buddy whose whose mom did makeup and he did light, uh, or another friend did lights and stuff. So that brought not just the stars but the crews and stuff to Nashville in a more permanent way too. And I'm sure right. that had to have an after effect. It sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a uh, one of my oldest friends in the business. Um, I've been trying to get him to come here for years, and he's one of those guys. It's like, you know, he 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 works for for everyone, all all the all the networks as a mm-hmm. um, production guy, and and um, yeah, I'm like, Jason, you can live anywhere, you know, um, just set your company up here, um, and and now he's in a place where, you know, there's actual there's there's more and more. Um, work and I think mm. I, I think um, the more we can encourage people to figure out what they're not just how they're going to make something but how they're going to sell it yeah. um, and how are they going to get it from here to to the buyers yeah. um, mm-hmm. because still by and large the, the buyers aren't here they don't come here yeah. so you know you got to be you got to be creative um, and anyway I, th- I feel like that's a big part of you know what I what I try to do um, on a on a daily basis yeah. here. Yeah. I would think there's a bit of a draw too, even for um, actors who have some form of of uh, I was gonna say notoriety. Is that a negative connotation word? Yeah. Fame. Yeah. Um, because by and large, people here leave people alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm not saying you never get asked for a selfie or something, but by and large, I've noticed. Um, in Nashville and surrounding areas, they're, they're, you're pretty much left to live your life for the most part. You're not. It's kind no, of the no unspoken code and the there's music, no music culture. Here. Yeah, I think TMZ has tried to, to to dip their foot in the water a couple times here and has <laughs> ran into some opposition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not really an open arms kind I love of town it. for that stuff. Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. Yeah, me pretty too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just they're people. They're just people. Yeah. yeah. Let them. Let them live. <laughs> <laughs> Let them eat their biscuit at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> now, I understand the fan side of it because I've often had internal dialogue of, yep, that's that person. 
Yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. And there's been a couple times I didn't leave it alone <laughs> when I was younger and dumber and didn't realize yeah. how things work. But, yeah. Lessons learned. Yeah, it comes Lessons with the learned. territory. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. But if you're in your hometown, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. leave them alone. Yeah. Gosh, we're living their life. <laughs> totally. So, uh, what was some of the... Uh, the, the projects and, and tell, tell us a little bit about the what was the inroad to do this company that you worked for was it Skyway yes um, so um, after I left the firm that I was at in Los Angeles um, I felt that I had gotten a pretty um, pretty good education in terms of how the sausage gets made mm-hmm. um, and I really wanted to um, I really wanted to work in in digital because I, I, I love the idea that you could make things and go direct to the consumer. Um, the, the, the challenge, of course, in doing that is um, monetization and mm-hmm. audience acquisition and all those kinds of, of nuts that have to be cracked. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and there's no standard to it. But it's like that's where the frontier is, you know. Um, so... Um, I um, was introduced to um, some folks who, who wanted to um, launch a, a network around um, dance, all kinds of all, all kinds of dance. Um, you know, um, both um, domestic and and global, um, and you know, do original series and mm. and um, how to and all this sort of thing and. It was a really great opportunity um, to be involved in building that kind of digital infrastructure from the ground up. And um, so um, in, in the midst of working on that project, um, we um, acquired this studio facility uh, north of town called Skyway Studios, actually from um, Pat Robertson, who was using it as a backup facility for um, CBN. And, and um, you know, it's got nine studios in it it's 150,000 square foot is North Star a different thing it is North Star it was North Star when we bought it oh my gosh so we we, we turned it into uh, Skyway Studios gotcha. and, and um, because it used to be that, that plot of land used to be the Skyway Drive-In back in the 50s so that's, mm. that's where we got the name and um, so you know um, it's a 16 acre uh, campus and and um, you know, there's, there's really nothing else like it in Nashville still. Mm-hmm. Um, and where is a, it located? I'm trying to uh, think. Off uh, Dickerson Pike. Yeah. Like Northeast. Okay. So like closer to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, anyway, we, uh, we, um, when, when, when we took that facility over, um, they had one tenant, so we had to build it back up and, um, you know, bring new productions into town. And I had a friend, uh, Chris Connor, who had just uh, sold his um, show that um, to CMT um, called Still the King with Billy Ray Cyrus. And so that first season, um, they moved their production offices in there. And um, so we had a, we had a couple of wins and um, it was it was a wonderful opportunity for me to sort of um, meet all kinds of people doing all kinds of things in Nashville. Um, you know, so during that, that time as CEO, it was like, 
the goal was let's let's bring you know everyone from um, entertainment attorneys to post production companies and and having you know all live under one roof and see if we can get you know um, more content made. Sounds like a great think tank for a budding film industry. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So, what was uh, a couple of things you were most proud of working on? Um. Well, I mean, I guess this is probably a good opportunity to plug what I'm working on now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Plug away. (laughs) Absolutely. How could I be excited about anything other than what I'm working on? Exactly. So um, we, we, it's really interesting. Um, The first time I was here in Nashville, um, I got an email from a friend um, who actually goes to Journey, um, who is a screenwriter, a friend of mine. in Los Angeles, we had never worked on a project together, but he, um, he said, Hey, I think I've got something we could work on together. Um, it's a true story about a singer songwriter in Nashville. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Um, I'm actually in Nashville now. Um, (laughs) and so anyway, he sent me, he sent me the book and he was working on the script and, um, I read it and I, I just, fell in love with it it's mm. it's a uh, a story about a guy who was fame was dangled right in front of him mm. i mean he was you know on on the charts um r- you know rising and um got a call uh that he uh and his wife had been on this list to adopt a, a a little girl mm. and um, in China and just before he was um, set to go out on tour with the Goo Goo Dolls um, he and his wife decided to go to China and adopt this little girl and by the time he got back um, he, he his single had dropped off the, the charts and oh um, he was taken off the tour right and it turned out that their daughter has a rare um, genetic condition called Angelman syndrome um, that that they didn't have they weren't able to diagnose for um, I think five years oh, wow. um, and during that time um, I mean the the fact that their daughter couldn't sleep and she mm. wasn't progressing <clears throat> and um, that they had no diagnosis and the medical bills just piled up and um, how old was the daughter when they adopted her a baby yeah um and so anyway um it's a story of sacrifice Mm -hmm. and um and love and um and when he chose his family over fame you know the 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 way that he's been rewarded is really sort of the the heart of the story and you know um i thought Okay, I've already fallen in love with Nashville. It's an adoption story. You know, I was adopted. I thought that was fascinating, um, and and so you know, I told I told um, Reggie whose story it is um, way back then. Let's, I'm in. Let's 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 make this film. So, um, <laughs> l- literally, um, we were just this this Tuesday of this week. Um, in in Los Angeles, Reggie and his wife Yolanda, and, um, and myself, and um, we 
are going to be working with Starlings Entertainment that just did the financing for Rocket Man and oh wow um, it looks like we're gonna make our movie and oh, wow. Nashville is you know um, a big um, character in this in this mm. film so yeah um, I'm excited about it it's a you know music oriented project and you think you'll uh, be able to film on location here yes that's very the cool. intention very cool as long as we get our tax rebate yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that feels like a great pivot point to you. You were mentioning the adoption and, and that being a big point of connection. And if you could mm -hmm. tell us, I know, I know there's a very long version, but, uh, uh, if you could start, if you feel comfortable with mm -hmm. sharing, um, kind of what that adoption story has been to you and, and how it started with 23 and me, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, actually, um, yeah. So I um, I was adopted as a as a baby. I uh, always knew I was adopted. I, I don't ever remember a time that my parents sat me down and said, you know, um, hey Brian, we have some news to tell you. You mm -hmm. know, it's like there's no they, big reveal. Like no 16, big reveal. Mm -hmm. No. I, uh, th so they did it right. I mean, they just they always reinforced it and. I had a little illustrated book that's called Why Was I Adopted? So I just always knew. And, and so um, the, the part of the, the, the story that I had was that, you know, I was brought to the hospital in an ambulance. My grandmother was a nurse, not my biological grandmother, but she was a nurse at the hospital where I was born. Hmm. Um, and she had told the OB nurses if anybody ever comes into the hospital and wants to give a baby up for adoption then let me know because my my son and daughter-in-law are looking to oh adopt my goodness yeah this is 1980 I don't, it wouldn't happen to, it wouldn't happen like no. that today yeah. <laughs> um and so um i'm you know brought there by ambulance they find my grandmother and um 48 hours later i left with my parents um uh, yeah and that's all i knew yeah. That's all I ever knew. Um, I had my birth mother's first name, um, but but that's that's it. Um, and um, was that because that's all your parents had, or that's just all the, the pretty much? You know, I mean, they they I've gotten some documents since then. Um, they. They maybe had a, a little bit more information, but um, not very much. Um, and interest, yeah. Interestingly enough, the the, the last name I had um, was the wrong last name. So um, it, it 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 just this connection um, wouldn't wasn't going to happen until it was time. So yeah. Um, when our daughter was born, um, I. Uh, I remember thinking, wow, this pregnancy thing and, and giving birth thing, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and it just, it kind of made me have this, this thought or this desire, you know, to, to connect with my birth mother and, mm. and not because I, I, I needed another mother, um, or because I was like even missing anything from my life. Mm -hmm. It was more because I just wanted her to know that just carrying me for nine months, um, I'm grateful 
for mm, it. Sure. You know, it's like sure. if you ever wondered if you made the right decision, please don't. You know, right. um, that was sort yeah. of my desire. It's like, you know, because um, it could have been another decision. It could have been another decision, yeah. and um, you know, the less taboo that that issue becomes, I think, you know, there's um, anyway. So what a story. That's all that's that's all I ever yeah. wanted, you know. Um, but I looked for years and never never had any luck. Um and then um I had this problem with my ear that developed. It was like hearing getting it like an echo in my ear, and so um I ended up um going to a neurologist and an ear, nose and throat doctor and you know, a bunch of different places and, and um, they always asked about my family medical history and I was you know, became starting to get frustrated mm-hmm. that I didn't have any information about that. And so, um, I was kind of complaining about it to my sisters and they decided to get me 23 and me for Christmas. So after I was adopted, my, my, um, which happens a lot, apparently, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my, my parents were, um, able to conceive, um, even though they had been trying for seven years with mm. no, no luck. Um, sometimes I guess just having a baby around and so, I don't know, Something. I can't figure Who that knows, out. Yeah. But, um, so I have, I have two sisters and so they got me 23 and me. Um, and this I, was just last year. Yeah. I filled it out, sent it in. And then when the results came back, you know, I'm looking through all the health stuff on it. I was really not even thinking about the ancestry stuff. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I had had no luck. So I, I just, I don't know, I had kind of written it off. And, and then I get to the bottom. Um, I learned a lot about my health. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you live pretty healthy. Though. Yeah, I try. But um, not. I don't exercise enough. So um, anyway, long story short, um, three first cousins are listed at the bottom of the uh, report. Mm. And two of them were like very common names. One, one was a, a little bit different so I plugged her name into Facebook and she came right up and I was like wow and clicked on her about and she had two grandfathers listed I clicked on one of them um, and he had five daughters I think listed um, and one of them had the first name of my birth mother so I clicked on her Facebook page and I knew it was her Um, and uh, what was that feeling when you did the click and it was just the recognition I can't imagine it's pretty indescribable you know Um, especially because it was like she actually my whole biological family was right under my nose the whole time we actually had a mutual friend um, listed on on the Facebook page right so it turns out um and, and the same mutual friend ooh, sorry is the same mutual friend is also um uh a mutual friend with my grandfather and so this guy was the head of business development for a company called uh, galpin automotive and they they worked with my former firm um they would put their galpin autosports custom vehicles into shows and things like that and um and the and the guy who ran business development there um was the mutual friend and so i did a little bit more digging and found out that my 
grandfather was or had been the CFO of that company since 1975. And I mean, I, I'd been there, you know, um, and, and so, and it's in Van Nuys, which is like, I don't know, three or four miles from, from where I grew up. Mm. Um, and then, you know, find out that, that, you know, for a while they lived two blocks from where I lived when I was young. Right. Now, so it turns out that I have a 41 year old, um, brother, a 24 year old brother and, um, a 16 year old sister. What? So remember I told you that (laughs) I started to be curious about my, my, um, birth mother in particular when, um, Vanessa gave birth to our first daughter. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that just miles from us, my birth mother was pregnant at the same time for the entire time. Oh, wow. And I have a sister who's within a month of the same age as my daughter. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. And um, they're amazing. So, I mean, I, I, I reached out to this mutual friend. And I said, hey, Brian, he has the same name as I do. Of course. Um, and my birth father has the same name as I do. Mm. Um, <laughs> Were you named after him? No, I was not. My parents didn't know that when they named me. Oh, wow. Um, and when they found out, they thought about changing it and decided not to. But um, anyway, so there's a lot of Brian's in this story. I call him up and I, I said, you know, um, I know we haven't spoken in a while. He's like, yeah. How you, why are you calling me? Um, and I said, listen, um, Phil Marshall. And he goes, yeah, I've known Phil for 40 years. What about him? I think he's my grandfather. <laughs> and I said, uh, and you know Michelle? <laughs> yeah, I think she's my mother. And he's thinking, how could this be? You know, I've known them for as old as you are. I mean, so. And was uh, Phil the oh guy that you'd actually gosh. met in an office and shook his hand at one point in time? Yeah, years ago, when I went there. Yeah, um, at least I think so. Um, so we end up. Um, he he calls my grandfather, um, and I get a text message back from him saying, "Hey, I spoke to Phil. You know, um, it was a really emotional call, um, but it was good." Um, he just needs to process this. He'll call you in a week or two. And I'm like, really a text message, dude? Like <laughs> I wanted to know more. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have to wait long because, um, he called me the next day and he said, listen, um, Brian, uh, I have, um, five daughters, um, have given me 15 grandchildren. 10 of them are female. Five of them are male. Four of them are still alive, and one of them is you. And he said, I, I've um, never given up hope that this day would come, that you, oh would, gosh. that you would reach out to me. He's, he's you know, um, in his 80s now. Um, and he said, you know, um, I, he said, you were the first birth I ever witnessed. And he said, and when you were born, um, at home wrapped in a blanket you were given to me and your birth mother and I and you jumped in the ambulance and um, and that's where kind of my story picked up you know the part that I knew 
Um, and uh, he just said, I really hope I can, you know, meet you someday. And is it okay if I call your birth mother and tell her that we've spoken? And um, he gave me her number and I, uh, I gave him mine. And then her and I played chicken for a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> my wife was like she's not gonna call you like she's she's gonna respect the boundary she knows you have her number just just you gotta Mm. do it you know um and i did and um my life will never be the same it'll never be the same it's it's um what has unfolded what god has done this is not it's not my story it's his story because um he he has created so much simultaneous healing and connection and relationship and all of it leads to him and I think I think it um, really has the potential to um, to even take you know members of our family who um, who aren't currently believers and mm. and it, it, you know they see it they see they see you know his um, hand in in the whole story um, and so um, and, you know this conversation this first conversation with my with my birth mother it was clear that um that she knew Jesus and um and that she had that same sort of like you know rabid curiosity that I had and mm. um hearing her voice was like wow you know I yeah. feel like I know that I feel like I know you you know um and so um my wife and I just a couple of weeks after that, took a um, a trip out to Los Angeles where I met her and and my older brother, um, both of my um, grandparents, um, and we got together at my sister's house along with my grandmother, um, who's now in her nineties, and this was the first time in thirty nine years that everybody had been in the same room together, and um, it was pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And before I left, of course, I had to tell my parents about it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was actually more nervous about that. Um, How they received that. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, I would ask questions. I'm a curious guy. And um, I could tell that every time I did, it was it just kind of hurt my mom's feelings, you know. And yeah. she would try to answer. Um but I just didn't, I didn't want her to think that those questions meant that, you know, I, 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 I wanted another mother, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or that she wasn't good enough. Just a natural curiosity of wanting to know where you come from. Yeah. And I didn't want to hurt her. So I stopped asking questions. And, um, and so I was so nervous. I mean, I hadn't talked about that, um, being adopted with my parents in years. Mm. You know, I think it came up at my wedding because my grandmother just was like, Hey, aren't you curious? You know? Um, and that's it. So, um, they, it was unbelievable. I mean, my, my mom burst into tears and she said, you know, our relationship now is so good. She said, um, there's, I'm not worried about that. And she said, and and maybe, maybe I can let go of some of the fears that I've been holding on to. And that's, that's what's happened. You know, everybody has had this ability to kind of take something that was shameful. Um, My grandparents held shame. My birth mother. um, I 
never fully understood um, how my story was connected to my identity and how all of that connected to God. And so when, when you get, when all, when everything comes into the light, you know, um, it's just this tremendous opportunity to, um, to see what God intended in all of it. And, um, and why it had to be exactly how it mm. was. So now we have this great relationship. My um, <laughs> my sisters are friends with my mother. My daughter is friends with her aunt, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. the exact same, same age. age. <laughs> um, I absolutely adore um, my yeah. birth mother's husband. Uh, he's he's amazing. Um, and I've never had brothers before, and that's oh, wow. been um, really cool. Um, it's like you got to keep your your family you grew up with and gain a whole new family, and now they're becoming family together. Yes, and I know that that's not always the story. No, sure. Um, but it it is mine, and it is God's, and I think it it really what it shows is that you know. Um, it, I mattered to him from the beginning mm-hmm. and that was always the thing I questioned. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. um, you know, you feel like sometimes like, okay, well, you know, I was a second choice to my parents because yeah. they couldn't conceive their own kids. And, mm-hmm. um, I was given up by my birth mother. So Dang, was man. I really wanted, right? Yeah. I mean, you, those are just the things yeah. you ask yourself as a kid, yeah. you know, stuff uh, to wrestle with. Yeah. Stuff to wrestle with. And, and God's like, you have no idea. Because I loved you the most, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> and what did your mom tell you that, I think you told me this once, about, didn't she tell you she prayed for you like every day for like years? Yeah. And that this reconciliation would be possible? Mm-hmm. Um, she did. Um, and in fact, she... she she didn't know. She was not intending to give me up for adoption. Um, it all happened in a moment. And um, and so that, I think, has always been hard for her to rectify. Um, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a plan. Um, she um, made very little decisions that day her parents were there um because she was fairly young right she was young and they felt like they knew what was best for her um and asked the right questions and got to the right people um but up until she so she said that she was really wrestling with this idea of giving up a child but she already had a young son um and um you know she um her husband was gone, um, and so um, she wasn't sure what she was going to do. She just, I think, wanted to protect me at the time, and um, and so it, she said, you know, when your parents came in uh, to the room, when I when I saw their faces, particularly my mom's, she said it was like. God gave her every piece in her heart that that was where 
I needed to be. Mm. And um, she said, it, I mean, it didn't make it easy, but she, she just somehow knew that that was the right thing. And um, she said it was like in all my indecision, God was able to make them and, and get you where you were supposed to be. And she said, I always had a piece about that, but of course wondered. And, um, you know, not long after she met, um, her husband and, um, and, you know, built the rest of her family. And, and so, um, she did, she, she said she, she prayed for me, um, all the time. And, the crazy thing about that is, you know, I always thought, I always wondered where sort of my curiosity came from. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're, we're very similar in terms of how, mm -hmm. we, how we, um, ap approach our faith. And, and so since that time in March, I mean, daily we're, we're sharing scripture and we're praying for one another and she just sends me the, the, the most um, vulnerable, heartfelt um, messages that are just so loving. It's like the, the, the voice in my, in, in my life that um, is just kind of that, that well-wisher and every time all, all of our interactions you know, it just, it just points to God, you know, and, and so we're sort of seeing that spill out, you know, and we, we both sort of thought this was about us, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like me mm -hmm. discovering my birth mother and, and, and her being reacquainted with her son. And, um, it, if I told you about the, the layers of relationships that, that have been formed all around it, you realize that maybe we had a role. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. It's not about us. It's not, it's not about us. Yeah. And this, you know, this story is just one part of a bigger story. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we get to like really without any sort of, you know, uh, false piety, just, just, this is God's story. Mm. Yeah. It's his story. I can't take yeah. credit for any of it. I think we all start from that position though, don't we? Like whatever's happening or occurring, mm -hmm. whatever it's, it's about me. It's how that's affecting me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And just what a gift it is to at some point come to an awareness of, whoa, this, like you said, we, there's a role here, but that this was not about us. Yeah. Um, cause some people don't ever get that awareness and it's just a constant. Yeah. But, this didn't happen. And this, well, it's not about you. Yeah. Wow. So what a story. Uh, one of the coolest stories I, mm -hmm. I know and that I've, and seems to just constantly be unfolding new, new layers mm. all the time. So, so as soon as we started doing a podcast, I'm like, well, I know Brian's coming on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a given. Mm. So I'm just so curious, man, because every time I talk to you, it feels like you've gotten a, a deeper peace and a deeper connection with God and deeper things. So I'm just, I'm just curious if you had to boil it down to a few things, like through this whole process over this past year, uh, what have you learned about yourself through this and what have you learned about God? Mm. Um, what I've learned about myself 
is, you know, that that my identity is it's not it's not tied to my my DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's it's not limited to you know um, where I grew up or kind of parents I have. It's tied to my father mm-hmm. and his son. Um, that's where my identity sits. And um, everything that's happened from that time that that I was knit in the womb um, is is what God has wanted for my life. And... Um, and so all these interactions I get to have, all these relationships I get to have, all these people who I love and love me, it's, it's, it's only because, um, because God does. And, and so that's, I've been a Christian for longer. Um, but this year, that's, this is the year that all becomes real. It's like, um, you know, um, before it was something I knew deep down. Mm -hmm. Now it's something I can live, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And what I've learned about him, you know, I I started to realize what I learned about him when I was, having a conversation with my mom um, not long after when she was sort of retracting a little bit and and maybe struggling with this idea that she has to make room for this mm-hmm. birth mother, right? Because then it, then it became something like, okay, well, I don't really care if you have a relationship with her, but those are my grandkids, right? And yeah. oh. so I remember having this moment where I just sort of, um, I was like, oh, give me the words, you know? and And so... I just remember having this conversation where I said, mom, if, you know, what I've learned be becoming a father more than once is you, you don't, I didn't love my child until <clears throat> the first time I saw her mm-hmm. and I had to hold her. I know it happens for, for most women sooner than mm-hmm, that. And, right. But for me, it was like, that's when it was real. I yeah. held her. Right. And yeah. all of a sudden here's Sons this person. Have. Yeah, here's yeah. this person that I've known for two seconds, and I, I love them, mm-hmm. love them. Um, and right, and then and then you have another child, and it's not like I had to like pull some love from my first one to make room for my second one. Yeah, you know. And so I just remember saying to my mom, you know, I've this, I've learned that love is not finite and it's not conditional, and and that's because that's how God loves us. Mm. And, um, and that's what I've learned about him. And, and, um, and really in that way of it's like where, where all the scripture um, has new meaning and new life to it, mm. where, where it's just constantly being reaffirmed for me. Um, and, um, and it's opened me up to actually like 
receive it. You know, that's the mm-hmm. other part is like knowing it um, or believing it even is not the same thing as receiving it. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I think that's the big thing for me is just like that capacity to love seeing, seeing, like my own capacity to love grow makes me realize like, whoa, but what about is mm, yeah. <laughs> like, that's Serious. crazy. Right. Yeah. That's truly infinite. And, um, and so, um, that's it. That's, that's what this year has been like for me for revelation. You know? And how has coming to that and all that revelation, how has that changed the way you relate to other people now? Hmm. Well, I almost feel like um, it gives me an entry point almost with anyone, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. I was just with my, my sister this week who, um, you know, um, thought she was going to get married and um, it, it turns out she's not. You know, that relationship mm-hmm. is, is, mm-hmm. has ended, you know. Yeah. And so to, so, to, so to be able to remind her, you know, um, who she is, mm. how she's loved, um, and and that there's hope, yeah. is 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 something that I might have been able to say before. Um, but now I get to mean it, and oh, I think yeah. you know. At the same time, this is what's so weird is this year that this kind of you know um, family. I was going to say family drama, but maybe family reality has has opened up for me. Um, God has like dovetailed that into my work. I, mm-hmm. I mean, so this year, not only uh, I'm doing a, a docu series um, about uh, adoption with an adoption attorney out out wow. of um, Baton Rouge. Um, I have a, a film project based on a true adoption story, and I'm looking at that kind of stuff and going, "Really, Lord? Like, mm-hmm. it's so cool." Yeah, I mean, I I, I just. You, you like to think that, you know, you're writing your own story, but um, he's just a much better author. So yeah. <laughs> like, it's so much better just to be able to go, wow, okay. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. I approve your script changes. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Man. Well, any any further comments? Because I've heard this story a couple of times. Um, I know. This I, I'm is so my curious. First time I'm so curious. In. Like, what what is your instant reaction to this story? I I literally feel it's the same. It's the I'm I'm feeling the same feeling I've had when you've had the privilege to sit through like a super moving and inspirational film or something like that. I'm just like, man, this is a real story. Yeah. Holy cow! Should be a film, really. It was. Thank you for sharing that, because uh, that's because some of that's super fresh for you. Yeah, no, it's really fresh. Um, yeah, and um, then you know it's kind of funny because you start realizing, okay, that was all these other cousins, and like, what are Lord. your obligations, and like, uh, what are the, what's you know, some people are like super into it, and some are like, you know, don't really know how to how to you know what do I just dive into this other family? I mean, it's, I, I can't it's imagine. There's a lot. There's like a I lot. think through the database of my head of all the people in my head who I know I'm related to and all this stuff and to have that all just like, boom, downloaded 
over the course of, I don't know, a few mm-hmm. days. I, I really can't imagine processing that. Yeah, and I'm still tripping out on like the the sort of you know physical characteristics and yeah. mannerisms. And oh stuff. gosh, because yeah. like up until this point, the only people I ever knew that I was actually related to were my own kids, right? So yeah. all of a sudden it's like There's looking at people <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. And it's so strange. Oh, my middle daughter, who's twelve, looks exactly like my sister. It's so funny. Oh, and wow. and yeah. And um, you know, my birth mother and I have a lot of similarities and um it's just I don't know, it's just such a like every day is is um, uh, some kind of discovery, you know, and um, when you read the Bible, um, you sort of you realize like, well, yeah, that's what it was. That's what that's what it's supposed to be. Like that's who our God is. Like He wants you to discover something new and wonderful every mm. single day if you just will open your eyes enough. Like, yeah. you know, for me, it took this this like super big event or whatever, but. Um, I'll tell you, I noticed things I would have never noticed before. Cause I'm just, sure. I see, I see him everywhere now is I see him in every little detail. It's yeah. probably fine tuned your, your awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's, it's just, it made it's made me sort of that, that, like that wide eyed kid that I remember, you know, before life starts to throw all kinds of layers of, you know, bitterness and frustration and knowledge and all these other things yeah. on you. Right. So, yeah. um, I do feel like a little bit like a child yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Like just, it's, I don't know that when you open, I feel different every morning that I open my eyes. Yeah. I do. It's just, how do you not have a sense of wonder living the story that God has given you this year? Hmm. <sighs> that's it that's how could i not and um and i just my prayer is that it it that never changes you know mm-hmm. eventually this is going to sort of normalize yeah but but god doesn't normalize yeah mm. you know he's he's mm. god of surprises and mystery and yeah. wonder and um and so it's 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 like um i just i just always want to be able to to receive whatever he's got every day yeah you know i think you will because Thanks. because i think i think what what's interesting and 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 what i've noticed in people is when you when you always expect wonder you'll find it mm-hmm. when you're really looking for it yeah yeah that is, it's being expectant mm-hmm. you know and um for example i had always thought okay i had hit some brick walls like um, I just didn't think that 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 side of of who I was 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 gonna be revealed to me. It was mm. like it was just gonna be like, all right, that's not in the cards. Oh man! Right. Yeah. So when you when you write when you write something off and when you sort of have this this feeling like, eh, God's not gonna do that and and lock it away somewhere, and then and then <laughs> like that burst of the door coming down and here it is and it's all it's all kind of big picture revealed at once yeah it's like yeah it's like a good twist ending only it's the middle of the story (laughs) yes right right right. and i don't want to miss it i just don't want to miss it you know and um and if i can like encourage somebody else like Mm -hmm. hey you know you know all those things that you're just chalking up as coincidence 
God's doing something for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You know? There are just, no coincidences. It is, it is the awareness. It. Just acknowledge it, you know? It's all in the awareness. Man, usually we, we end all of our conversations with asking a, a question that I feel like this whole interview has almost been yeah, your answer to. Like, no we usually say, like, what's some things that are giving you life these days? <laughs> I think we've covered it. <laughs> I think we know the answer. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, um, God has a heart for widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and... Uh, for each and every one of us. And, um, that's, that is the most life giving and to know, um, that there's an eternity, um, of that is, um, should just, should just, I don't know, leave us in that, in that constant state Mm. of, of curiosity. And if we're in that state, then we're full of life. And, um, so I, I, that's it. I just want to. I just want to try to stay there. You know. Totally. Um, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a pleasure, man, to get to yeah, meet you. Yeah, this has been fun, guys. Appreciate meet, it. Get to meet you and hear this incredible. I was gonna say story of yours, but really, it's a it's a continuing journey of yours, and uh, privilege to get to hear that today, man. Yeah, sure. Man. And we got to continue to, now that you're not able to be in my small group anymore. Oh, and in this season, we got to continue to get coffee just so I can continue to just get the layers because i'm always energized after a conversation yeah. with brian now because i For see real. i see the results of, of god in in your life and i just mm. i feed off of it and wow, and i want to keep <laughs> i want to keep that around he's good he is good awesome. <laughs> all the Thanks. time man well there's been another awesome episode uh with our friend brian brian williams uh, check us out for all things idiopod, idiopod.com. And as always, we'll see you next time. Be good.